witness, this guy go to jail instead. You know, it, it's this, I want to control what I want, you know, the good things that happen to us. And, that, and, and if you think about it, it's like, God is in control. So when someone else is trying to mess something up, especially when it comes to the truth, especially when it comes to who should be worthy of praise, that's what, that's what he hates. And not just because he wants the spotlight on him constantly, but because he knows what is best. He can see what, you know, he's very much in control and he knows how it should go. And we're sitting here messing everything up. Nothing else in the universe is messing it up. You know, the stars are singing his praise. The birds are singing his praise. Everything else is in, a, in unison with what God wants going on. It's just us. We're the ones that messing everything up. And he's like, you're destroying the earth. You're, you're making, you know, your environment's bad. All this stuff. It's just you guys, have, you guys shouldn't be in control. So that's why it's detestable to him. That's why he hates these things. And so we're going we're gonna to sit here and, and, um, and focus on one thing that God hates. Uh, and that is feet that are quick to rush into evil. Um, and so, you know, I want to know where this sign is, by the way. Like, that is, that is some top quality signage right there. You know, just death. I wonder if they pronounce it differently. Like, I don't, I'm not even, um, and uh, so, you know, and, and okay, and then there's this one word that sticks out to me in particular is evil. You know, it's, it's, it's evil. Like what, you know, when, when you think of evil, what do you think of? You know, it's like you think of absolutely dis, despicable things, you know. And so what, you know, how would we define evil? You know, because we can easily just take a step back and be like, yeah, I don't rush into evil. You know, maybe sometimes I rush into, you know, some things I probably shouldn't. But, like, it's not evil, you know, it's not like that, uh, the, the Spongebob character or whatever, you know, evil, you know, it's, uh, it's very much, it, we, we think of that, we want to dis, we want to, like, distance ourselves from this idea of evil, and so, you know, oh, there it is, oh, I hope it runs, oh, it didn't, all right, cool, technology, but so I want to give you guys kind of a definition of what the Bible considers to be evil, um, so that we don't rush into it. And so if you could turn, you're already in Proverbs, so we'll turn a couple chapters before in Proverbs 1. Because um, Proverbs is all about wisdom versus folly. And you want to be, be wise and you don't want to be foolish. And so in, in Proverbs 1, it's kind of concluding that thought. And uh, in Proverbs 1, starting verse 28. Um, then they, the foolish people, will, will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke. They will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. And so, you know, the Bible makes it pretty clear, you know, evil is departing from God's wisdom, not listening, not heeding his words, not being in tune and step with him because you're, where, I mean, what would you be doing it based on? You'd be doing it based on yourself, on your own power, on your own will, what you think is right, based on your emotions, based on whatever feels right to you at the time. And so God considers that to be, that God considers that to be pride, arrogance, folly, you know, why wouldn't you depend on the creator of the universe to help you out? Like, it, it, it's almost foolish. It's just foolish to him. And so, I don't, you know, okay, are we all evil in this room? Well, according to the Bible, I guess so. 
Um, and so I wanted to just say, don't try and just, don't be scared of the word evil. Because it helps you out once you, once you, once you break down the wall of, of, oh, I'm a good person. Oh, I need, oh, I, I'm, I'm in line. I'm just a little bit off sometimes. It's like, no, let's just dive straight in. We have evil in our hearts. We want things to go our way. We're selfish. We're prideful. We're arrogant. Like, it, let's, just, let's just get down that facade, you know, no bless your hearts in this room. Like, let's just, let's just break down. We're evil. We're evil. Let's dive in. Let's, let's just accept that. And so let's just, let, and then we can figure out ways to avoid it, you know. And so, um, and because I think it breaks it down to, you know, we have this intense pride and we also have a lack of faith, you know, because cause if, if, we, if we feel like things aren't going our way and we expected God to do that for us, then when we turn away from him, we obviously don't have faith in the God that is supposed to protect us. Um, and so uh, I, I have an example here kind of, Kind of to, to uh, well, uh, are these not going to run either? Oh, man. Downloading. Okay, this guy, this guy thinks he's going to do a cannonball through ice. And he just, and he just sprawls out on the ice. It's really funny. I would, I would, I would play it out right here, but uh, there's not enough room. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, he, he quickly rushes and he figures out. You know, it, it just feed that a rush. You know, feed that. You don't think through things past the. Oh, this would be really cool. You know, it's like you just dive straight into a frozen, a frozen pool, and he just uh, look it up on your own time. All you have to do, all you have to do is type in "guy dives into a frozen pond." That's and then and then you'll be good to go. The internet will help you out after that. But here, uh, let's go to a scripture here in Hebrews. Um, and talk about faith because you know the lack of faith is 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 what we're doing. Um, and 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 I want to help you understand that lack of faith or intense pride that is that is evil in God's eyes. Um, and so in Hebrews 11 we got a we got an example of this guy because Hebrews 11 is just a list of people who are faithful. You know it just goes through the gambit of just people in the Bible who are faithful. And you know if you look at that list sometimes you're like, what that guy? They consider that guy faithful? Holy cow! And it's kind of cool, but there in, in verse 5, we got, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, I think when we, sometimes when we, when we seek God, we're, we expect to be blessed. We expect to have, you know, blessings come our way from God because we're seeking after him. And obviously this, this scripture would support that. But, it, but the key thing here is that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you are doing things without faith, even if you're doing the right things, it's not pleasing to God. And that, that changes everything in my mind where I'm just like, wait. I could be doing all the right things, but, you know, I'm not praying. I'm not, you know, advise, you know getting advice from God. I'm not, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not doing, I'm not reading my Bible constantly. I'm not, but I'm still being a good person and doing the right things. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I need to more connect with the faith aspect of things rather than the, the specific actions, that I, the tasks that I'm taking care of. So even more so, it's like, if I want to be, have feet that don't rush into evil, because that's what I'm trying to avoid, then faith just needs to be st in step with that. 
So how much are you praying? How much are you really praying? You know, how much are you really asking God about every aspect of your life? Not just the big stuff or not just the, the stuff we should ask about. How open are you about the things that are going on in your life? Because if we're rushing into evil, we're like doing things and then seeing where we, met, we are at. Oh, was that right? Oh, was that right? Should I, have done, should I have done that? That's not the question you should be asking. The question you should be asking is, should I do this? What, what do you think about that? Or what do you think if I did this? I've got this tough decision to, that's coming up. How, how, do I, how do I balance this? You know, you know the, um, I, really, I, really appreciate, uh, I really appreciate Theo for this. Theo's a guy in the campus ministry. He, you know, he's, he's always a guy asking me about the next step. He's, he's always a guy like, yo, I got this stuff coming up. What do you think I should do? Or it's like, I'm starting to feel this way. How do you think I should change this? You know, it's like, oh, you know, this, this came up. How do I deal with this? I, I, you know, I, I want to be able to do this. Is this the right choice? Should I do this? He's always very much in the next step. And, you know, and, and as someone um, in my campus ministry, that, that, that guy's got it. He, he understands that he needs, he, he, he needs, he needs help. He needs, he needs God's help. And so I really appreciate that in you, Theo. I uh, just wanted to lift that guy up real quick. And um, I don't have a slide for it up right now, but there's another, there's another scripture that I think is, okay, if we're preventing from our feet rushing into evil, um, there, there's, a, there's an opposite side of the spectrum. And so uh, pr- Proverbs 19.2, um, you, you, you can turn there. I, I actually need to turn there because I forgot to put it in the slides um, because, you know, stuff happens. Um, and so Proverbs 19.2 says this, desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? And so, because we could think, okay, I'm just, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm just going to go for it. This feels right. I'm just going to do it. This feels righteous. I'm just going to go after it. The Bible is like, yo, <laughs> no. Like, it's not good, you know, it's evil, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're going to get used to that word evil, it's like desire without knowledge, that zeal without any scriptural backing, without any thought to, is this actually right? Because what else does the Bible say? A, a man's ways seem right in his own heart, but in reality leads to death. You know, we could think that it's going great, but then one question to one person, they're like, wait, what? No. What are you talking about? You can't you, you can't just give your children whatever they ask for. Like, no. Like, you gotta have some discipline in their lives. They can't you can't just be a yes man for them. Like, come on. That's not how this works. Oh, well, I thought I was taking care of them. I thought I was treating them like, you know, especially you know, they, like they that they they meant everything to me. It's like, yeah, you can show them that through it, you know, it it, it just helps to involve advice in the process. It, it helps to involve knowledge. You know, get that so that you can have faith in what you're doing, that it, it is according to God's will. And, and then there's another end of the spectrum here where it's where if you're constantly like, ooh, I don't know if I should do that. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing. Like, oh, maybe I need some more knowledge. Oh, maybe I need some more advice. I don't think I should do that. You know, that's being a coward. And that's another thing that God doesn't really like too much uh, if we go into the book of Revelation. And so, you know, okay, so this idea of, okay, well, what do we need, how do we avoid feet that rush into evil? Well, we need to be able to pursue holiness. Um, and so for pursuing holiness, I have 
uh, some examples. I, we, we're going to go into story time again. Um, because I just think, you know, this being the Christmas, the time for Christmas, we're going to go through the birth of Jesus, and we're going to try and figure out, okay, who are the characters here that are quick to rush into evil and who are pursuing holiness? And so let's go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 2. This is, this is going to get into some, we're going to get into some astronomy. We're going to get into some science and stuff. So, so for, the, for, those, the, for those technically correct people in the audience, this is, gonna, this is your time to shine. So um, Matthew chapter 2, because, um, yeah, when I was researching this stuff, I was like, wait, this was not what was taught to me in Kids' Kingdom. Man, everything is wrong. Okay. Um, And so we'll be starting in verse 1 here in Matthew 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we see here, we see a group of people, you know, most like, you know, everyone likes to say three, um, but that was, there was only three gifts. It's not, so, so there might have been more, there, but there's definitely more than one, probably more than two, but I don't know how many magi there were. Um, but traditionally, it's three because there's three gifts. And, um, and we see them, they're, they're, they're in tune with what's going on. They, they, they see something happening here. Yeah, so they, they took a picture right after they uh, did this. So, um, you know, still taking pictures. Yeah, just remembering. Yeah, and here's what, here's what the three gifts look like. You got gold, you got frankincense, and you got myrrh. Um, and so, but these three guys, they were, they were in tune with what's going on. They were looking up in the stars. They were, they were looking at the stars, and they were like, something's going on up there that doesn't really happen very much. And they were focused. Um, and, you know, calling it a star is kind of, Technically incorrect. It was an, align, an alignment of planets. So because stars don't move like what the scripture describes. Stars don't move like stop and then track back. and then you know, They don't move like that, but planets do. Because the earth is rotating around the sun at a, at a certain pace, and the other planets are rotating around the sun at another certain pace. So when they start to align, they look weird in the sky. And these guys were noticing that. And it just so happened that they aligned on a constellation of Ares, which is the god of war. So they were like, ooh, someone's being born who's a powerful ruler, who, who, we, who, who has a lot of power, and this doesn't happen in the sky very often. 
So we need to go find this dude and worship him because he's a big deal. It's funny how, like, even though they weren't in tune with anything in terms of, like, Jewish tradition or Christian tradition, but they could see that this, was, this dude was going to be special. You know, God, like, like the scripture says, the stars proclaim the righteousness of God. They were showing, like, wow, there's something going on. God was making sure his, his son was being born so that the whole world could see, even just by looking up at the stars, like, oh, something important just happened. That's insane. You know, we just look at the solar eclipses now and we're just like, cool, awesome. That's a cool, astro- you know, that's a cool astronomy event. But really, it, you know, it might be signifying something intense. Um, and, and so, you know, really, I mean, I guess, you know, we, we, we boil it down to a star or whatever, but it really should be more like a world, like a planet or something, which maybe in Texas, it still would be a star because the Cowboys are your whole world. But, um, you know, I don't know. So, um, so, you know, what, what did, what did these guys do once they realized, oh, this is something, there's something special going on. We need to go in. They brought treasures, they brought gifts, they were ready to worship, they're ready to go and, and proclaim that you are a king, we, 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 want to, we want to give you praise. And that means they traveled, that means they, they thought about stuff, they planned, they went after it, and, and then when they got in, they were just like, there's, there's someone who just was born that was a big deal, we, you know, who is it? Like, we need to worship him. And the chief priests and the elders are like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> We must have missed that, you know. It's like, uh, what, what, uh, you know, they they were they were kind of taken aback, so they weren't ready for it at all. But these guys, these pagans or whatever you want to call them, were ready for it, um, which is kind of an interesting an, an interesting idea. And so the the gifts that they brought gold, frankincense, myrrh, you know, they weren't just like it's not like they just smelled nice, though they were worth a lot. Like they were for a kingly gift. But they were the most easily transportable gifts. They were the most easily tradable. Like, everyone would accept these three gifts. Like, they'd be good anywhere, you know, like, uh, you know, like a credit card or whatnot. Which, which helps out a lot because Mary and Joseph and Jesus had to go into Egypt right after that. So it's good that they had those gifts so that they could survive for a little bit. You know, get some food, you know, get some uh, baby formula or whatever for Jesus. You know, and so that they could, so that they could survive in Egypt. So, you know, God is working here, guys. Like, to think about this birth, I mean, and to not think that God's got everything in control. He's got everything planned down to a T. And we think, oh, don't worry, God, I got this. I'll re- consult you after I make my mistakes, but not before. And, you know, and we're, just, we're, we're just strolling into evil. We're strolling into unrighteousness. We're strolling into just a... Uh, the wrong path it's and and we just think oh i'm not evil i just gotta look a slightly out it's like come on guys he's he's, he was waiting for the planets to align like he was ready for the planets to align he was ready for these guys that come from persia to come worship jesus he was you know he had picked out an amazing uh woman in in mary to to birth his child like he was thinking so because that's who god is he's a god that wants to take care of us he wants to give align the planets for us we just have to let him. And so they did, you know, they had no distractions. These three magi, just no distractions. They were, they were focused in. They were ready to do it no matter what. You know, even if this sneaky guy Herod was trying to mess up their plans or whatnot. And so, you know, you get, yeah, that's, that's a, and so we're going to move into now, okay, this is a guy who, you know, we clearly could put into the category of feet that rush into evil. 
but let's see how he got there. Um, And so in verse 13 of Matthew 2, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So we see the result of King Herod's feet rushing into evil. You know, it's the death of hundreds of kids, um, hundreds of children, you know. Um, Bethlehem's not a very big town, but, I mean, you know, children are, children are born pretty frequently, so it's going to be a lot of people in a two-year time period. Um, and so, you know, we see the result of that. And so what was, what was going on in King Herod's mind that he was just like, oh, just exterminate all of them, you know, just get rid of all of them. What was he scared of? What was he, what was he anticipating? You know, and that was, once again, a change of plans in his mind. He's king, you know, like we talked about last time with Saul. He's king, and now someone else is getting appointed. And he thought he was the chosen one. He thought he was the ruler. He thought, maybe he thought he was God. Maybe he thought he would live forever. Maybe he thought, you know, all these things. But now it's getting changed, and it's saying someone's greater than you. Someone's going to rule over you, and you're going to lose your power. You're going to lose your control over the world that you have because all the chief priests and the elders love to support Herod. You know, they, they had a good relationship with the Romans at the time, didn't want, to mess, didn't want anyone to mess that up. And so what was the first thing he thought of? Exterminate all the children. Get rid of them. I don't want them. You know, get, kill them. You know, go into their homes and just kill them, which is just like, we just think about it, it's like, man, that's, that's intense. Like, how do you come to that conclusion? Well, I, you know, and, and, and we would love to sit back and say, yeah, no, I'd never make a decision like that. No, I would never get that power crazy. Like, no way. But if, 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 it's this, if you're making decisions based on the same emotion of fear that you're losing control of what you have, fear of giving something up for God, it's hard not to put you in the same category as this. Sure, the result might be different. Sure, you might not be killing a whole bunch of babies. But it's the same, it's the same decision-making process. So how can I not put you in the same category as these guys, as this guy? And that's what's scary. And so, you know, when, and my question for you guys is, when things don't go according to plan in your head, or according to what you think God is supposed to be giving you, is your relationship with God the first to suffer? You know, is, 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 your, is your time with God in the mornings cut off because you've got too many things to focus on and your life is too busy right now and it's just, just really stressful and I can't give God my total focus so, you know, I'll, I'll deal with him once I calm down a little bit. You know, or, is, or are, you know, or you stop praying for the things that you, that you felt like you wanted because, oh, it just doesn't seem to be working out like that so I'm going to stop. Or, or when you start to go through those times where plans start to fail, everything starts to fall apart, is that the time where you cling to God the most? Because 
you know, because that's what leads to that patience, that steadfast love, that, that, that time where you start to make the clear, focused decisions that God wants you to make. Because um, you see two, two groups of people here, well, you know, one person, Herod, and then the group of the Magi, where they knew what they needed, they knew where they needed to go, and I'm sure they got into arguments along the way. I'm sure that they were, they were confused as to why they were doing this, and, you know, and, but they, they, had, they had a mindset, and they weren't going to be distracted by anything. But Herod, you know, once things, you know, he, he got a status quo that he liked, once it started to change, no, we've got we've to we've kill, kill the people that are, that are making it change. I've got to make sure this guy does not rule. Um, and we start to try and take things into our own hands. And that's what, that's what feet that are rushed, quick to rush into evil look like. You know, people who, 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 when they lose control, turn away from God. Don't rely on God's strength. And so I wanted to um, look at one last example here. And uh, we're going to go in story time again. Um, Luke 2, Luke chapter 2. Um, because it, you know this the story of the birth of Jesus we say we tell it every year we we go through the process all the time it's become second nature to us you know our kids perform it on stage we sing about it all the, you know but i just i just don't think we, we because of that we don't realize how absolutely incredible this story is i mean and the and just the 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 mind blowing nature of god just to orchestrate all of this and so um, I'm going to read through it real quick. Um, well, I'm going to read a, a, a certain section of it because um, we're going to be starting in chapter 2 of Luke, verse 8. It says, And there shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and earth. Peace to those, to those on whom his favor rests. And I, you know, I don't know what, what your Bible says here, but mine's got a little footnote. And it says, uh, some translations add, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Um, I don't know if that's what yours, your Bible says or not. but um, Not in yours? Uh, I guess I got the new Peanuts version or something. All right. Um, but think about that. You're just, a, you're just a shepherd chilling out in a field, and then all of a sudden they're like, your Messiah has arrived. And there's angels coming up. And it's just like. And it's like we think of this as just, oh, that's cool. That's so, like, I don't know, cinematic. Like, oh, man, that would have been awesome to have seen. But, like, it happened. This isn't just, like, this isn't a, st Luke's, Luke's not just like, oh, I bet that would be cool. Let's add some heavenly hosts and stuff. It's like, no, like, this, this is what Luke was, was making sure he wanted people to know about. Like, this happened, you know. And, and, it's, just, and it's just crazy. And it, it, means, it meant so much to them. That, that, that their Messiah had arrived. They had been waiting for hundreds of years for God to communicate to their people, and now it's happening. You know, we just talk about it every year like it's this, you know, like it's on schedule, like, oh, it's Christmas time. You know, it, it, no, it, it was something that they had been waiting their whole lives for. Generations had been waiting their whole lives for, and it happened. 
And so when this happens, you, you start to see some interactions with people that are, that are blown away by it. And I wanted to read one of specifically the story of Simeon. Um, and so in, um, in verse 22, we're going to skip down to 22. Uh, when the time came for, purification, for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons, um, two turtle doves probably. Um, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what, was, what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will, will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Think about this guy. How long was he waiting? You know, we don't know when it was revealed to him, but think about how long he was waiting to see this. Think about just the, like, how much maybe some doubts crept into his mind of, like, maybe this isn't going to happen. I'm getting pretty old. You know, I know that's what it said, but maybe it's, like, one of those things, maybe I misread it. Maybe I, I misremembered what they actually told me. You know, how many, how many doubts or how many, you know, but, but how obviously he faithfully overcame it. And think about the pure emotion of, like, finally seeing it. And, and, it, and it's a little child. And it's just this perfect child. And, you're just, and you just get to hold it and look at it. And, and, it, and it just reminds me of, like, the, the time in my life when I figured out that Jesus was Lord. At the time in my life when I was like, yes, that's it. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it like, you know, I don't know how it happened for you. For me, it was in a Starbucks. But, you know, it, it, and it was just like the realization that, like, this is real. Like, this is, this is, and, and but even, even so much more for Simeon that it was, I've waited my whole life for this. And, yeah, the last second, it finally paid off. But, guys, I mean, sometimes that's what we're waiting for. We've got to, we, we, and I would guarantee you that's what we're waiting for. You know, we may not ever see in this life, you know, the culmination of all the things God has promised us. It might be at that moment when we die and we get to see paradise. We get to see, you know, all the things that we've been waiting for so long to see. Are we going to have the faith like Simeon did to just continue to go into the temple, to continue to look around for, for the Lord's Messiah, to continue to say, ooh, is this the day? I wonder if it's today. You know, and, and not just continue to be discouraged when it's not. To continue to have that hope, that wait, that, that, that expectation. No, it is going to happen, just not today. 
And so when we think about, okay, how do I pursue holiness for God? How do I, how do I continue to live each day like, you know, because not every day is going to be you get to hold the Lord's Messiah in your hands and you get to, you know, it's the culmination of everything you've wanted. It's not every day is going to be like that. But every day you can sit there and you can, you can pray. You can, you can continue to ask God to show up in your life. You can continue to read his scriptures. You can continue to take actions and have patience and be full of grace and love towards the people around you. And, and every, day can, every day you can do that. And that will help you through the, through the times that are tough. You know, that will help you through maybe, maybe the, the holidays aren't your favorite type of year. So you've got a month of just, all right, well, I can't wait for New Year's, you know. Because, guys, we'll, we'll, we'll be honest. It, some, of these, some, of this, some of this season's not everyone's favorite time of the year. Um, and so, we, you know, we can, we can look out for people like that. We can, we can bring those people in, give them a sense of family if they're missing that, give them a sense of love if they, if they don't have it. Because, I mean, that's, that's why, you know, that's why Jesus came to this earth. That, what, what, what does the scripture say? It says, uh, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. You know, that's what the angels were proclaiming. You know, uh, the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. It's not Christmas time that brings joy to all the people. Like, it's not getting to sing your favorite songs and be around the Christmas tree and all this stuff. It, it's Jesus. That's, that's what causes great joy for all, the peop- for all the people. And so let's remember that. You know, let's, let's focus on that. Let's, let's allow that to give us patience in our lives so our feet won't be quick to rush into evil. Whatever the distraction might be this time of year. Whether it's making sure you got the right gift for everybody. Making sure, you know, you have the right meal prepared for everybody. Making sure everybody gets, you know, let's not focus on that type of stuff and allow it to distract us from the true thing that God, the true gift that God has given us in Jesus. And so, you know, if we start to think about, okay, if we start to think about communion, right? Because this is the time where we're now, okay, we, we've, the birth of Jesus happened. Let's focus on his life, his death, and his resurrection. We, we, let's just go back real quick to Proverbs 6. Because I wanted to point something out here about this list as well. <clears throat> and in Proverbs 6, you know, we, we read it before. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, you know, we could go down this list, make it a checklist, haughty eyes, yeah, the, Fer- the Pharisees had some pretty haughty eyes, they were trying to look down, they thought they were good, good, you know, good stuff, and, you know, lying tongue, you know, Peter lied about being with Jesus, you know, when they, when they questioned him in the, in the, you know, as Jesus was being uh, put forth the high priests and elders, hands that shed innocent blood. I don't think of any more, I don't think there's any more innocent blood than the blood of Jesus. Heart that devises wicked schemes. The Pharisees were, for a long time, trying to craft a scheme to kill Jesus. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Yeah, Judas was just thinking about that money. Just thinking about that money. I want to grab that money. You know, yeah, okay, Jesus might die, but I got, I got to get mine. You know, I haven't been profiting off of this enterprise as much as I should. A false witness who pours out lies. Yeah, that, that kangaroo court that they formed just to get Jesus convicted, they had so many false witnesses come, come across. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. 
the Pharisees yelling, crucify him. No, we want Judas. And no, we want Jesus Barabbas. Like, no, give him, give us the murderer. We want crucify Jesus. Yeah, everyone chant, crucify, crucify. Everything that happened in the cross, the story of the cross, are the things that are detestable to God. And if you think about someone who's in line with God is Jesus. So he's not only sacrificing his life for the sake of others, but he's literally walking through the crowd just being like, dang. This is detestable to God. What's happening here is detestable to God. And his reaction was not, man, you, you guys are detestable to God. What was his reaction? The spirit is, will, the spirit is willing. I mean, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, put that sword away. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Yes, today you will be with me in paradise. Son, here's your mother. Brother, here's your son. He's taking care of people. <laughs> he wants to, he, 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 is, he is showing grace to everybody. That's the point. He, he, he knew the point of why he went here. So let's realize the point of why he died for us. Is even though these things are detestable. And we shouldn't take this list and be like, yeah, who's haughty in this room? Yeah, bet you're haughty. Oh, yeah, you lie all the time. Oh, you shed innocent blood. Yeah, no, this list is supposed to mint. I'm detestable to God. I've done things that are detestable in God's sight. So I need Jesus in my life. I need him. I need God to show me the way. There's no other option for me because if I rely on my strength, I start showing up on this list more times than I want to. And so when we take the communion, you know, the bread and the cup, it should, be, it should be, yes, a joy because we're, we're being brought a great gift of Jesus. But it also should be, I need to stop rushing into evil, things that are detestable to God. And I need to start pursuing holiness in every aspect of my life. And so that's what we're going to pray for right now is, is for the communion. So let's go to God. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you, for, uh, thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus. Uh, his life is just uh, constantly inspiring. His life is constantly, um, you know, mind-altering for me just to, just, and, and, and it just causes me to repent, God. And I just pray that we can have that repentance in, as a part of our lives, God, that we stop um, wanting to take control over every aspect of our lives and give control over to you, um, just as Jesus did uh, on the cross. And so, God, I just pray as we uh, remember Jesus' birth that we also don't forget the reason he came to this earth, which was to save us and um, which was to die for our sins. And so um, thank you for this gift that we get to do every week of, of focusing, remembering your, remembering your son and who he was and what he fought for and the way that he loved you. Um, and it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.